Welcome to today's episode of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Melena. And we are here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Welcome to episode six. Thanks for joining us or coming back if you've joined us before. Let's get started. My rant today is <laughs> feeling pressured to perform at 100% when I can't in order to please the people around me. Preach. Um, I hashtagged not sorry in my uh, <laughs> notes, but that's not really how I feel. Um, it's so hard to live without apology in that regard. I feel like I have to go 250 miles an hour when I'm like barely functioning, and I'm really frustrated by that this week. And then also people not asking me if I'm okay uh, when they know I'm not doing well, and treating me like a parent that's like supposed to never be sick when we're <laughs> peers. That's uh, on my rant today. Not cool. What do you mean by, like, not asking if you're okay when you're not doing well? So, and oh, they're making you feel like you're their parent. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Like, let's he, share some examples. Know that I'm sick. Right. Know that I'm struggling. And the minute they see me, like, dumping all of their needs onto me and not being like, hey, how are you? You know? Oh, uh, yeah. I haven't seen you in a week. I know you've been sick. Like, are you okay? Instead, like, oh, my God. Great. I'm having... So, let's do this. <laughs> yeah. That's a huge problem at work, too. I think that it's kind of, like, out of sight, out of mind. When you're gone, people are like, oh, okay. They're sick. They can't be here. Even though they still sometimes bug you when you're at home and they know you're sick. But then when you're back and they physically see you, it's like, everything's fine. You're back. You must be ready to rock kind of thing. I've noticed that too. That's or not almost accurate like at all. But. Feeling like they've been abandoned in some way because I feel like I definitely am ranting about this because I've set myself up to be a parent role with people and I shouldn't. Right. If we're we need to be peers, we need to be it needs to be mutual and not like I'm your mother, I'm taking care of you. Right. Um, and I definitely... Which shouldn't be the relationship ever. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah. I this is kind mean. of brought to light that I've put myself in that role in some people's lives that I need to really be more careful. Well, and that's something I didn't actually plan to talk about it today, but I was reading a New York Times article that said, you know, we're naturally drawn to things that aren't readily available for us. So it was kind of um, giving advice to make yourself scarce so you're in higher demand. And not in higher demand, like people are constantly bugging you, but when you're not readily available, they have to really um, treasure the time that they do have with you. Um, and that was, it was kind of a professional article, kind of marketing yourself for employment, but also, you know, that happens in your personal life. And I even, like the Art of Charm even mentioned that in like their dating series that they're doing right now. Like if you're not readily available, people are going to want you more, but they're also going to value you more. So if you quit momming them, they're going to value you more. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Which is really sad <laughs> in terms of like colleagues and friends. Right. Like, okay, Melina. Like, <laughs> we're down with the maternal instincts here. Right. My rant is, I guess it kind of goes along with this because that's not very polite, but um, not using your manners. I feel like I teach it all day and my kids get it, six-year-olds get it, <laughs> and we're polite to each other in our classroom, and, um, you know, if we are ugly, we apologize and things like that, but I just constantly find myself 
feeling a physical response of disgust um, when I see adults not leading by example in front of their children. Um, and also, they're just flat out jerks. Like sometimes they will be disrespectful to a cashier or they'll be disrespectful to a server or even just a random person walking by, not holding the door when someone's visibly close enough for you to hold the door. Almost or like when they're blatant. like about to drop their shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like carrying a bunch like, of stuff. I'm just like, going to watch you drop all your stuff. Yeah. You know? And and I feel like, I mean, I was definitely raised to use my manners, but, and I'm not perfect in any stretch of the imagination um, or in any imaginary fairy tale that I tell myself either. But I do feel like that's a strong part of my personality that I do maintain very well is being thoughtful and considerate. And I mean, I know even when we left your doctor's office that day, like there was a lady trying to put her dad in his wheelchair out of the car and you could just see that she was struggling and we didn't have to offer to go over and help, but it, there was a need and we were able to fill it. And I don't, I don't understand why people don't have that intrinsic motivation to be helpful or considerate because it doesn't cost you anything. Like, I think it costs us probably less than 10 minutes. <laughs> and obviously, if and you've mean, got five kids yeah. and a dog on a leash and all this stuff, like, that's not a good time for you to go help a situation. But we didn't have any reason not to. I don't know that even we were that physically helpful either. It was just the fact that, like, somebody gave a shit. I felt yeah. like we sort of helped physically, but it was more like, okay, you're not alone right now. Yeah, and I think holding the wheelchair for her to be able to maneuver him was helpful. You know, like, you I could tell she his, was struggling. He would not let go of that door, and I had to, like, pry his fingers yeah, off. Like, like, you're going to sit honey. down, honey. <laughs> like, yeah. we got you. And that's the thing is, like, it's just these little thoughtful things. And, you know, certain times a year it's, like, this big trend to do random acts of kindness or blah, blah, blah. But it's like, it doesn't have to be this push for I'm doing kind things to not be noticed, but then telling everyone I'm doing random acts of kindness. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you just come upon a moment that has a need, it's usually easy, free, and appropriate to offer whatever it is you have to offer. We're not all able to offer help in every situation. Not everybody knows CPR. Not everybody has mm -hmm. the physical capability of lifting someone out of a car and putting them in a wheelchair. Or, you know, we all have mm -hmm. our limitations, and I respect that. But at the same time, I feel like if you are able, then why aren't we treating people the way we want to be treated? Mm -hmm. And that goes for everything from holding the door open to, you know, helping people when their grocery bag rips, like, you know, no like, one likes to be the person where all your lemons are rolling across the parking lot. Yeah. So I just kind of find myself thinking about the saying I always say to my kids, like we do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because someone's watching us. Mm -hmm. And I try to really remember like life sucks when you're the one that needs help and no one's helping you. Mm -hmm. And I just try to be really mindful that if I'm able to help, that I should help. Like, it is your duty to mm -hmm. be neighborly. Mm -hmm. In I the totally words agree. of Mr. Rogers. Love him. <laughs> you know, like, you should be neighborly. That's going to go on be. to my We're Into This next week, his book <laughs> and the documentary about him that came out recently. Right. I just, that's, that's a huge rant for me. I just feel like, you know, adults are failing our kids in not modeling that. And we're failing ourselves for not treating each other like that. You know, I think... Uh, maybe I sound like a curmudgeon right now, but 
<laughs> like, I think oh. like tech, yeah, like like technology and people being on their phones a lot. I think is right. a big piece of that. It's like we're mentally your absent. phone is so like tailored to exactly what you want at every moment that there's no inconvenience there. It's like all about you. Like yeah. you tailor your feed and you tailor who you can who can contact you and what the background looks like and what kind of phone it is. I mean, it's so individualized. Right. That we, I think we just self-glorify so much that it's like, you don't want to stop and think about other people for 15 seconds. I mean, like. And I think that that's where we misinterpret, like, the meaning of self-care or mm -hmm. putting yourself first. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think it's, it's, well, I know that <laughs> that's not the intention of self-care. Like, and that's not even self-care. That's being self-absorbed. You're yeah. not caring for yourself when you're disengaging from your social life or society in general. Community. Because you're on your phone. Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. you don't have a sense of that when you're engaged in those other things so deeply. Well, and I think when we model that for children, they're growing up in a world where, like, they're developing with those values. Exactly. So... And they already would rather be on their iPad than play with other kids sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tons of kids. I was actually talking to a middle school principal yesterday about how uh, there's this whole group of students that got involved in this club specifically because they're normally so involved in technology. And this one teacher happened to find this one activity that like 100 kids are willing to do who normally never get off their phones, never get off their video games. And uh, now they're learning to socialize. They're getting some physical activity because he could, that teacher could tie that interest to what they're doing. So. And that's so meaningful. But the, the bigger thing, I mean, this doesn't even have anything to do with being polite to one another, but that whole same concept applies to why people in the middle age range aren't getting married. Mm -hmm. They're not dating. They're not having sex. They're not having children. Like, mm -hmm. it's changing our entire society mm -hmm. with this generation. It really is. And I do think it has something to do with manners. I do think technology has impacted our social abilities significantly. Oh, completely. And I think that we were on the front end of technology, so to speak. I mean, we had more than the people before us did. But, you know, now you even look at a six-year-old that can work an iPad like nobody's business, but they can't or tie their shoelaces. three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you see a lot of toddlers on their parents' phones and things like that. Like, you know, I remember being pretty fluent on phones, I guess, for lack of a better term. And, you know, like my mom was terrified of them. It was kind of like she would turn it on to make a call and then turn it off. And I would be like, okay, well, people can't call you back now, you know. And... Now she's not like that at all. She's like super with it, but I'm, I'm probably less with it because I don't social media other than our Instagram account, <laughs> but it's just kind of like now we're even training the older group to be very technologically mm -hmm. savvy. Um, in our profession, that's required almost, you know, like we're using all kinds of fancy technology that's really difficult, but these kids that are coming up, like, I really wonder what their social skills are going to be like and what what school is even going to be like like is it going to be virtual is everything going to be I was in outer space I was telling somebody about this the other day that <laughs> I feel like doing? people who have less access to technology like right. in a lower socioeconomic status are more socially capable because they've had less time on those devices whereas I've seen kids that are privileged that like have all the iPads and have access yeah. to a million things don't know how to just talk or play or have a good time away from those things and I have a lot of kids who 
throughout the day will pout to me that they want to go home and get on their whatever phone ipad video yeah well and i feel like one of the biggest indicators i don't know if you ever read business insider and not that it's always something to read but um not that you advocate for all of the views of business insider (laughs) but i just think it's interesting that when you read articles that like even Silicon Valley parents are raising their kids tech free. They're sending them to Montessori the schools. They're, you know, sending them to low tech schools. Like, and I feel like could that not be like a brighter red flag in the air when the the people who are actually creating the things that everyone's lusting for are raising their children away from that? Not mm-hmm. to say that they're never using it. Of course they are, but. It reminds me it's of... It's just really interesting to me. It's not the same, I know that, but it reminds me of tobacco companies. Like, <coughs> when people would be doing all this research about, like, are they really that bad of people? And, like, not a one of them used their products because they know it kills you. It's like, that's what Silicon Valley families remind me of because we know enough about child development to know that you need to be really careful with what students are exposed to developing brains. It's not like this big mystery. We know that it, you need to limit it. We know that you need to be careful. And there's even plenty of research that says adults need to be careful. But none none of that has been transferred to our professional fields. I mean, it's proven that it changes the way your synapses in your brain fire. Sure. When you use And we even see that with little kids. Like that's why they're so game oriented and that's why regular instruction is so hard for them to grasp is because Mm -hmm. they're not getting that instantaneous gratification every time they get something right. There's like a parade on screen for how amazing they are. And that that is appealing to them. Mm -hmm. You know, it it excites them and gets them going and it's hard to compete with that with pencil and paper or even other types of electronics. Mm The thing that's startling to me, it like related to the Silicon Valley approach, is they even know that the people that are on YouTube and the things that are behind what their kids are playing, they're designed to be addictive. You know, like that is what they're for. And these kids are getting super engaged and adults, teenagers. I mean, it's really not a kid thing anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can look at YouTube people and I mean, I love YouTube. I watch YouTube all the time, so I can speak to this firsthand. There's a lot of really educational and cool things on YouTube, but then there's also a lot of thoughtless, silly humor mm-hmm. that's still entertaining, but not age appropriate. And you don't always know what your kids are watching. And I think that sometimes for certain kids who are always living the tech life, those become their role models. Mm -hmm. And that's not really a model of behavior that's appropriate for them. Not that that's the person on the YouTube video's responsibility, you know what I mean? That's a parent Mm, responsibility. I would argue that a little bit. But you have to be mindful of what your child is watching. If you're intentionally creating content for children, you do. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about things that children stumble upon that were not intended for them. Like, obviously on KidTube, if you're doing something stupid, then shame on you. But if you're just on YouTube for whatever reason and kids stumble upon it, and I think there's a different age group. Hopefully most of ours are supervised. But, you know, I had middle and high school students that I know their parents don't have controls and they're not super into it because you kind of forget. We're really immersed in you got to keep your eye on your kids kind of thing. But I think a lot of kids seem pretty trustworthy and you don't really monitor what they're doing and then... Before you know it, they've seen all the Momo stuff. You know, like even little kids were seeing that. Mm-hmm. And obviously, those people were trying to get it embedded elsewhere. 
Um, and so there's a lot of different ways that you have to be protective of that, but I think it is changing our society and, mm-hmm. and it's obviously getting documented on the world wide web that, you know, that <laughs> yeah. that's true. And, mm-hmm. and it's kind of scary when you think about, you know, a 20 age gap, 20 year age gap of people who aren't getting married and having children anymore. Mm-hmm. That's creating a big change for our future. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something to be aware of and mindful of. And if you tapped out of technology, I also wonder what type of relationships you would have. Because now, like, dating is online. Like, we, we've simplified everything with an online thing. And like I said, I love the conveniences of this. I'll be the first one to order takeout central. <laughs> I'll be the first one to use online banking. I'll be the first one. Like, I love the conveniences of all of those things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that I let it substitute my life, like real social interaction. It's a tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge difference to me. Yes. And I think how long you've been intentional matters in your overall development. It's like, it reminds me of people always say when you're an alcoholic, for years you don't mature because every time you're faced with an adult issue you drink it away and you don't deal with it so then you don't learn from all those experiences and I think the same thing's true of technology being your social out every time that you look at your phone in a line rather than look at the person in line next to you every time you choose to check your phone when you're a little uncomfortable in a social setting rather than push through I think that Every time you date online, instead of making the effort to meet someone in a natural setting, I think it impedes your development. And I, and I think it does come back to your rant about, you know, when we're uncomfortable, instead of just figuring it out like adults do, we're like, yeah, let me just look at my phone, you know? Yeah, and maybe that started with, like, self-checkout. <laughs> I don't know, like... I just can't oh, I bear love to have any. I love <laughs> yeah, I know, but and that's the thing is sometimes you just don't want to interact with people, and I get that. Like mm-hmm. that, that's where I make the acceptance. Like maybe that person's having a rough day, kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't always want to deal with people either, but I kind of get that if you were to tap out of social media or you know technology in general, not forever, but when you take a break. I think your social world does get a lot smaller because everyone else is doing that. Mm -hmm. And I think with dating even, I see people on dates, married couples, older couples, younger couples, it doesn't matter. And they're both on their phone the whole time like they're eating dinner. On a date? On a date. And I'm like, how does that work? You know? Yeah. I would be angry. (laughs) But I think it's just that not being mentally present. And I think we have this... I say we, I definitely don't care what other people are doing, <laughs> but I think that we have this interest of, you know, what everybody's up to and keeping up with the Joneses, you know, and even on Instagram, you'll see every now and then certain influencers will post something that'll say something like, just remember that this isn't real life. This is a photo shoot. And I appreciate that so much because sometimes you do think, oh my gosh, her body looks so great in that dress or, Oh, I wish I was laying on the beach in Honolulu or, Oh, and I'm guilty of it too. Like I'm super excited about my vacation. And every time I see a Virgin Island, something roll around, I'm like, I'm going to be doing that in two weeks, like Mm -hmm. living for the future, but also just comparing yourself and comparing what you have to what other people have. And it's just not real. I think it applies though. What you said before about, excuse me, making yourself scarce and then it's more valuable. I feel that way about like Instagram. If you do it less often, it's more fun. 
or yeah. if you... I enjoy the curated Instagram, but I oh, never yeah. look at it... That's not a struggle for me to see it as, like, oh, I wish I was doing... Like, I just think it's, like, I appreciate the aesthetics and the business part of it and the fact that I know that it's so much work. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate it from that standpoint. But I used to struggle with Facebook feeling like, oh, my gosh, all these people like personal people that I actually know whereas yeah. on Instagram I follow a lot of businesses sure and, yeah um but like people that I actually know when they like curate their Facebook page to look like they have this perfect life I'd be like not okay <laughs> like, denied I want to see you without makeup you know but yeah. I don't post those pictures either you know like nobody wants to see that so that definitely uh world of social media I think when we use it for business more or for networking more, it's more appropriate than for personal But then socializing. we're kind of like speaking to our own point because we've even seen like on Instagram, if you don't post often or you don't follow people back, mm-hmm. then you lose followers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to follow someone that we're not interested in the same thing. Like if I don't support your mission or whatever. And and I don't care if you follow us. Like if you're quality not quality over quantity. If you're not feeling my thing, then feel free to look and leave. You yeah. know, like that's fine for yes. me. But it is interesting because I think it's that same thing. You have the more visible you are, mm-hmm. the more people want you, which mm-hmm. kind of preaches the exact opposite of the point of the article, you know. But on Instagram you do see that. The more you post the more you follow, the more followers you get, and the more people like your comment, and the more, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> serotonin booms you get, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's not important. What to you're me. actually like, going for in the long run. No, yeah, I, I don't even know most of these people, so like my feelings can't possibly be impacted when you follow or unfollow us. There's this research about <laughs> that, though. Um, I don't even know you. They've used psychological research on Facebook and Instagram to oh, make those sure. notifications extremely addictive. So I turn them off. Like I said, I have to remind myself to go, like, say, podcast coming up. You should turn all of your notifications <laughs> off on Instagram and Facebook because they are made to ruin your brain and you have no recourse. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are. And, and that's, like, real science and and then it does work there's this app too you should try it if you haven't done this before um it counts how many times you check your phone in a day oh my phone tracks that too it is i have a setting on my phone eye-opening you're like oh my god i spent two hours on google like it says how many times you like clicked it and like typed it like to like i have a lock on mine to slow me down it says (laughs) how many times you like checked the lock oh my gosh that was so embarrassing But I think those tools are really helpful because oh, yeah. and I'm not saying that we should just, you know, scrap everything electronic. Like I'm not saying that. No, at it's all. a tool. It is a tool. And they're very useful tools. But I do think that you have to keep yourself in check or you can really lose your mind in it. And you know, be aware. I mean, the people that I've discussed these things with, I I had to make an effort to find out about the app that figures out how much I check oh, it. I yeah. had to have a conversation with someone. Those are not the ones advertised on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Instagram is all about impulse buying. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like, oh, buy this wax, buy this right now forehead because... cream, buy this lip <laughs> I've been lifter, trying to... all kinds of weird stuff. 
stop. Right now, it's all these like people who are like, "This is how I started my business from home because I've been searching like yeah. work from home and following all these people." And it's like all these things like click this and learn how to make a thousand dollars a month from yeah. selling microgreens and click this to make two hundred dollars a week. And now I've spent articles. nine thousand dollars to make one thousand dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you have to be careful because uh-huh. it is powerful. It is persuasion at its finest. And and that's what it's intended to be, and it works. Like, mm-hmm. And sometimes I love it. They have an amazing sometimes, algorithm that yes. is 100% effective. And sometimes it does plug me into the things that I want to see. Like, I'm going to go on to, we were just thinking, just because this happens to tie into it, but uh, you started out talking about making a simple switch to um, not using plastic at lunch, and yeah. I was thinking Instagram's been a really big help for me in finding eco-switches. Definitely. Because people have a lot of good ideas, uh-huh. and Instagram will suggest to me people to follow, and they have such good ideas. For instance, uh, something that I think about a lot is how big of a difference we could make in takeout and fast food if we didn't use things that were thrown away when we are doing those things. Yeah. Because, I mean, when I eat out, it can be like three times the trash I use in a week mm-hmm. normally with food. And uh, I hope we can normalize that more to where it's not like this hippie, super eco-conscious person thing, but like just how we think, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend that brings her like cute little mason jar and her little steel straw when she goes out and she turns it into this fun thing and she doesn't make you feel I've been around people too that are like you should have your bag you should have your right. bag that are like the eco police which and are very holier than thou about it I mean that's been a long time since I've been around that but we live in a she turns area it, that's sensitive yeah. to that too yeah so that's nice when, yeah uh, but she turns it into this fun, like, cute thing, and I feel like there's a lot of places on Instagram that have done that, where it's like, here's some eco-switches you can do that are, like, fun. Yeah. That are advertised attractively, and, um... And that's the thing, too, though. It doesn't have to be fancy. Mm-hmm. Like, I use my same stuff all the time, and I take everything with me, and I use my own utensils. Like, I just got... I used a fork and a knife from home. (laughs) I didn't buy anything. Mm -hmm. I just used my fork and knife. I take it to school. I wash it at school. I eat my lunch out of, you know, my same container every day. And I portion everything on the weekends. So I just take a dish each week and they're already in. So I ultimately have no waste during the week because, as you know, I always use my own napkin that I keep in my purse. So I don't have those extra throwawayables too because I'm one of those people that... I could use 50 napkins because I hate dirty hands. Like, if I'm eating tacos, I could just go through napkins mm-hmm. without, like, 50 of them in one meal. Um, or, you know, I ask for a plate instead of it coming on paper. Um, I did that at the taco place when we were on vacation. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want a real plate. I'm about to tear it up over here, and I need to have a, a good plate to do it on. And I prefer that most of the time. And when you think yeah. about it, you think that you prefer the convenience, but once you start, like, who doesn't want a cloth napkin instead? Like, that's nice. Yeah, and I just carry a microfiber cheapo napkin that we use at home because mm-hmm. we don't use paper towels at home. And I, I just keep one in my purse and then I use it. And then when we're done, I, you know, throw it in the wash with everything else. And it's really not an inconvenience at all, mm-hmm. but it is a mind switch. Yeah. The inconvenience is changing your mind. Mm-hmm. The, it's not the action of taking your fork or taking your, you know, napkin or anything like that. In fact, I've found a lot of switches I've made to be easier. Oh, yeah. Um, And, like, something that me and one of my other friends always do when we go to coffee shops is 
they have mugs there. Mm-hmm. And they'll often say, can I have a hero mug? Give you the to-go mug anyway. And I we're know. always like, no, I want the real one. Because I just it want here. it. Not just yeah. that I am trying to be... I just like drinking out of a real mug better. And when right. you're paying like $6 for a latte, I, I want the real mug too. Yeah. You know? so. I, I think that's all important too. I think that we could challenge ourselves by... That's the do it better too. Plus it's Memorial Day weekend. I know a lot of people are going to be celebrating that with cookouts and all kinds of throwawayables. And, and you were talking about it with delivery food. Like I, again, we live in an area that cares about things like that. So I've noticed when, when we order on takeout central, sometimes like there'll be like a $9 upcharge because they use eco-friendly mm-hmm. <laughs> trays to send it in. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with that. I am too. I really am. Like, I was that listening doesn't bother me. to a business podcast talking about how the game has really changed um, in the last five years because maybe 10 years ago everybody wanted eco but nobody wanted to pay for it. But right. now everybody wants eco and they'll pay for it. Yeah. And I've made the switch in a lot the of areas. Supply has to meet demand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot more um, options now that are a little more expensive mm-hmm. uh, but not not that much. And... You know, when you, for me, like a big turning point was when I was in Florida last summer, seeing a landfill in person that was huge. I mean, like it looked like a natural landform in the distance. I was like, what is that hill doing? And I saw that in the Virgin after that, which they're a little different because they don't have neighboring areas to do that. But I mean, you could see it so far away. And I was like, what the hell is that? And my friend's like, that's the landfill. And that moment was like, oh gosh, like I need to do better today you know and then also I saw a video with some statistics and some visuals that were really enlightening about how much plastic is in our ocean Uh um when you look at those the visual of the stat it's like so devastating that you feel like okay like yeah I need to I want this to be a cultural norm and like be a pleasant thing but then also we have a responsibility well and you often see you know people say well one person can't make a difference. Well, if we all think like that, then we'll never make a difference at all. Like, you have to that's, take ownership for your own behavior, you know? Yeah, that's a that's a poopy thing. I don't like that phrase. No, me either. But that, that <laughs> it's is... It's just how it is. Like They'll say, no. well, I do the best I can. And that's great. Like, and, and again, to be fair, not everyone lives in an area that offers recycling. Not everybody... Li- you know what I mean? They're, it's just not always You just always do what possible. you can. But, yeah. But, but really do try to do the best you can. If you mm-hmm. have access to aluminum recycling use it if you have access to paper recycling use it you if know there like, are ways you obviously know you can reduce which i'm pretty yeah. confident that almost all of us can look for ways where we're using disposable things that's just not necessary no and, and even if you are going to use disposable things like i know you're not going to have a 50 person cookout and give them all china t- on monday you know like i get that but the styrofoam is on the same shelf as the recyclable reusables mm-hmm why not choose those? And like styrofoam this... is never required anymore. Like there's there's literally thirteen other options on the shelf that are substantially and better than styrofoam. And just in case anyone listening is not aware, styrofoam is much worse than pretty much Anything. any other option. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's so funny that you brought that up because when I had some friends over the other night, I had maybe a handful of women. There's probably eight of us. Yeah. And uh, I served everything on my real plates. Yeah. And people were offering to bring napkins or whatever. And I was like, no, for eight of us, like yeah. I can fill up my dishwasher afterwards, right. you know, and we just used our everyday dishes, mm-hmm. which you, okay. 
you better do it's if it's one just <laughs> one other person. Sure. Yeah. But people will bring, people always offer to bring disposable dishes. Yeah. When you have a dishwasher and you don't have children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no excuse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. If you have like, kids, okay. If I you just, don't have a dishwasher, fine. Right. But even then, almost everyone always offers to do dishes afterwards. Yeah, I've never had a get-together where people did not offer to do that. No, I did the dishes, actually. Exactly. I'll take credit for that. But I also find myself thinking, like, I I travel with a silicone plate. (laughs) And I know that that's weird. It's not super stable because it doesn't, you know, it's kind of wobbly. you got to hold both sides and everything. But when you ask someone, hey, can you put it on my plate instead of wrapping it up in all that foil and paper and all these other Mm things, I mean... You, you can't be, like, a weak person to do these things because you're going to get a bunch of funky looks. Like, you are. But even in I don't Nashville. care. I don't even know these people. You know, like, yeah. so I just eat off my plate and carry on about my business. Well, but. in that case, you're, you're more than one person making a difference because every person that you interact with and do that with is like, why is she doing that? You know, and that's a statement. It's just important, and, and it's easy. Like I said, I know it's it seems intimidating, but... It's really not. But it's, it's like you said, it's the right thing because it's the right thing. Yeah. You know? the, only, the only inconvenience is, like I said, your mindset. And then also, if you're someone who eats out a lot, then, you know, that's your lifestyle. Then obviously you have a lot of consumables, especially if you're picking up fast food and you're taking stuff home and all of that. Mm-hmm. But you could always choose to just go into those places and eat on a real plate too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you could make small choices without changing your whole lifestyle too. Yeah. Well, a big one is cups too. Like, um, it's really easy to hand somewhere a cup for a fountain yeah like like, I carry my yeti or something and I'm like Mm -hmm. hey can you make it in this Mm -hmm. I mean they may not like it but they don't tell me no (laughs) yeah but like if you're eating in a place where you walk up to the fountain thing right like come on yeah I I think that there's easy fixes for that and again you just have to want to do it and then once you once it becomes a habit like now I never go to the grocery store without my bags and if I, if for whatever reason I don't have my bags, I'll say, do you have a box I can put this in? And again, I know that we live in an area where it's easy to accommodate yourself for that, but it's, it's also a cultural thing, thing now. now. Yeah. I think more people are aware of the impacts, but it is interesting to see people stare at you when you, <laughs> you know, carry out your I box of like, groceries or whatever. Like you just have to be willing yeah. to own it. I remember, I think it was maybe like like 10 years ago when I was moving from Asheville to like a rural town in Georgia yeah and I would bring my bag and like my um coffee cup and people would be <laughs> like everywhere I went at the coffee shop they'd make it in the paper cup pour it into my mug I know. and then throw I'm like, it away <laughs> and I was like this is the reason I brought hey. it <laughs> like I have explained that so many times like I don't want to be rude can you make can it you... and serve it in this cup please <laughs> Good Yeah, it's tough. So anyway, that's all about doing it better. Do the best you can, Mm -hmm. but just make sure you're really doing the best you can. Like, most of us just do what's easy, and if you just simply change your mindset just an itty-bitty bit, you can make a drastic difference. And, you know, not for nothing. Hashtag save the ocean. I'm saying this to myself, too. We have a responsibility. Yeah. I need, I can't just say, you know, what's easy for me. Like, we're destroying our earth. Yeah. I know. I know. But... Definitely choose a recyclable. If you have to have something disposable, at least choose something that can be recycled. Yeah, and try not to do 
styrofoam like never ever 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 and then plastic like no, please don't humans. like please don't do plastic either but like especially styrofoam like if you're still on the styrofoam thing like i'm gonna shame you a little bit <laughs> yeah styrofoam is over they use that at work when we have like our end of the month gatherings and it just makes me want to throw up like i just think oh my gosh like come on we can do so much better than that we even recycle at school like why are we eating off styrofoam i know we're gonna recycle Crayola markers. I know. <laughs> but we're going to eat out styrofoam. Like, again, it's like, but to Such be fair, too, though. we also need to get out of this habit because back to the Instagram, like making full circle here, there are a lot of great things that you can choose to change, mm-hmm. but you should use what you have first. Mm-hmm. Because even if you have 15 styrofoam plates at home, you're going to throw them away. They're going to be thrown away either way. So yes. definitely don't go out and buy a bunch of fancy stuff just to have stuff that's reusable because then you're wasting. Because you're still throwing away all that other you're stuff. You're throwing away yeah, all yeah, the yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that, that stuff is hard to remember too. We do have a stack of styrofoam plates in our little thing back there that I don't know where they came from, but we've literally had them for like five years. Yeah. And every time someone comes over, we like use one to like <laughs> it's yeah. like this huge stack. But like, I'm not going to throw those we'll just, away. Like, burn those. So they don't ever have to be something in the earth. Can I burn them? Does that... It's probably super toxic fumes that are going to come we off. We need to find that out. <laughs> we'll have to Google how to get rid of yeah. styrofoam without it returning to the earth. Um, maybe it seems like we should already know that, but whatever. Um, so anyway, that's our do it better and our rant. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, our... and our we were just thinking. That's been heavy yeah. in our brain. So, um, But some stuff we're into. My into this week are two things uh, that kind of go together. They really deserve their own episode section, but they go together so well. Oxford American is a magazine out of Arkansas that's phenomenal. Go read it right now. (laughs) The end. Um, And then The Bitter Southerner is an online literary magazine, but they also have a coffee club and um, some products that I think are awesome. And The Bitter Southerner also has a reader book of short stories that they've gathered from their online literary magazine. They have more than one. I'm dying to read the second one. That is next on my list. Uh, The first one was so, so good. But if you are into any kind of literature, both of those are great to check out. Awesome. How often do those come out, the magazine? Oxford American, I believe, is quarterly. Right. Bitter Southerner, since it's online, it's all the time. Sure. Cool. I'm into things of summer, so <laughs> um, I tried it on Amazon. I'd heard for some, from some athletes that it was really effective, but it's called Squirrel Nut Anti-Chafing Stick, um, and it comes in a deodorant. Yeah, it Sorry. comes in a deodorant um, tube, and so you can you know raise it and lower it. But you can use it anywhere. Um, in fact, a lot of the Amazon reviews were. Um, it's great for like chub rubs. So what is chub rub? Like in between your thighs. That's what I need. So, <laughs> um, it's great for that. It's also good for like under your armpit, not as deodorant. It's not deodorant, but you could put it like between, you know, where your arm rubs your uh, bra or your bathing suit kind of thing. And I really loved it for um, putting it on my heels and my sandals because it's super silky. It's not greasy, um, but it'll also last through the shower. So if you have like a blister or something that you're trying to keep protected. That um, nut protector <laughs> will <laughs> cover your Work heel. Work for you. <laughs> yeah. Sure not athletes will appreciate that. Nut protector. It's made from <laughs> nut oils. Um, that would be another 
a device that you should use for that. Um, but I love that it will last through the shower because <laughs> there's nothing worse than having like oh heat rash or something like that and then the water just like pounding on it. Mm-hmm. That hurts so bad. So this mm-hmm. is really good for that. Um, you can check it out for that. Um, it's super cheap too. I will say that the amount is not a ton, but for as much as you need to use it and as emollient as it is, it lasts for a long time. Okay. Um, so check that out and it's it's not like a big name brand company or anything like that. It's just a really simple squirrel nut. Yep, squirrel nut. Um, and then I've been making shrimp scampi because mm. back in the day, if you will, my mom and I used to go to like Red Lobster and do like the you pick two or whatever shrimp seafood extravaganza kill you with cholesterol. Um, so at home, I make a much healthier version and I just use about 30 frozen shrimp. And then obviously run them under cool water to thaw them out. <clears throat> and I use about a half a stick of real butter, a dribble of white wine, a dollop of garlic. Um, I buy the garlic already minced. I don't have time for that. And then I just simmer it for a little while. And then if you use more shrimp, I guess just add more all of the good, add more of all the goodness. Um, and then I actually like to add a little, uh, about three tablespoons of pesto once I have it all in there, mm. and then kind of toss it up. That sounds delicious. And if you really want more sustenance than that, I sometimes eat it with Miracle Noodle, the fettuccine version. Um, but I also really like it just by itself. And since you're making 30, I usually divide that up into um, sometimes two servings and sometimes three. Um, but it's pretty high protein, uh, but low carb and reasonable calories for a pretty good portion. And um, I didn't do like specific macros, but. Um, the protein really is within range. It wouldn't kick you over if you're tracking those. Um, and then also Think Baby Sunscreen. Um, it's available on Amazon, but it is um, basically like the safest sunscreen there is. It's not even new. It's not like a trendy thing. Um, it has an EWG score of one, which is awesome. That's the Environmental Working Group, in case you're wondering. And um, it's just sun protection, no toxins, but um, it uh, it rubs in easily, whereas most zinc products... Um, don't. Mm. Um, so, I've never heard of that. Yeah, that's going to be my summer sun blocker. <laughs> All right, so our send off this week is um, I just hope that you're able to slow down enough this week to choose your thoughts well. I feel often in such a rush that I forget to be intentional in my thought life, and um, I just wish you well and slowing down this week yeah it's hard to not just go through the motions because it's what we do Mm -hmm. you get caught up in your routine and your brain gets used to that too and that's the thing I always notice is sometimes I don't think I slow down because like my brain is actually on autopilot I'm not actually doing anything my brain is just coasting me through the weeks Mm -hmm. sometimes and Um, if any of your habits aren't good in your thought life that's not a good thing and for since I've struggled with mental health um it's really important for me to be intentional about that. And I hope that anybody else who's in that same boat gets the good vibes and <laughs> slows down. Yeah. And you can kind of check in with yourself with a gratitude journal. Um, it's really a positivity journal, um, but I like, it's a 365 journal. So there's like something every single day, a task for you to do. And on every seventh day, there's a challenge to list what you're grateful for. And I like to challenge myself to not allow myself to write the same things each time, even though there's always, of course, the same things that I'm grateful for. Um, 
you know, housing, income, family, love, blah, blah, blah. But it is a challenge to think outside of those security-based things of things that you're grateful for. Um, but I like it because it's a nightly check-in. But obviously, if you miss a day, you can just catch up the next day or whatever. Um, but it's got a good little activity flow to it. Yeah, it's really easy, but also that's proven to increase your mental health right. stability. So I put a link in the notes so you can check it out if you want. It's just a gratitude journal. I'll put the scampi in there too. Cool. In case anybody wants to make it for summer. Me. <laughs> Thank All you right. for listening. Don't forget to be authentically you without apologizing. We'll see you next time.